Hi guys, it's Joanne. I just wanted to tell you real quick before we start today's episode that I do have a trigger warning for you. At about 27 minutes, 15 seconds, Janet and I do talk about some medical things that may be upsetting to some people. She speaks about a trauma surgery that she was present for, and then I speak about an obstetric trauma that I was present for. So if either of those sound like something you probably don't want to listen to, then once you get to that segment, which is where I ask, what is the best advice you've ever been given? Skip forward to minute 34 and you can hear the rest of the episode. You are listening to the Fancy Free Podcast, where my guests and I tell our most embarrassing, funny stories so that we all feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor. I'm your host, Joanne Jarrett, and today I have with me Janet McMorty. Janet, hi, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. Well, tell my listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. My name's Dr. Janet McMorty. I am a sports medicine physician based up in Ontario, Canada. I was born in the west coast of Canada, in North Vancouver, BC, but now I'm based about an hour and a half north of Toronto. Most people know where Toronto is, just think a little bit north of that. I did my medical school family medicine training and sports medicine fellowship at McMaster University. Awesome. I have to tell you that I'm a retired family physician and (laughs) oh my gosh, my family has so many ortho things. And I'm like, you guys, even when I was practicing, ortho was my very worst. I mean, I don't know why I just like cannot, I just didn't like it. I didn't, I didn't like it. I don't, all the maneuvers that you have to do in order to test joints and stuff. I just, it just wasn't my jam. I'd much rather talk about depression or a sexually transmitted disease, or let me look at your list of 20 medications and I'll totally figure out how to tweak and perfect, but sports injuries, ugh. So thank you. I'm so glad that there are people out there that are actually willing to deal with these things. How in the world did you get interested in being in sports medicine? I was about to say, I'm glad there's people like you who love to look at lists of medications and whatnot, because that <laughs> just overwhelms me. Yeah. Well, I think the, I think a lot of uh, people feel the same way as you do, because I don't know what your medical training was like, but in my medical training, the, the musculoskeletal you know, sports injuries, ortho part was pretty quick, short, right? So you don't even have enough time to get comfortable. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It just wasn't enough training. It's not that I have this inborn inability to learn that stuff. But you're right. It's just there were certain things we spent a ton of time on. And there were certain things that it was like, if you want to be good at this, you have to figure out how to get more training in it. And it's such a bread and butter type of medical thing. You'd think they'd spend more time on it. But anyway. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. It's very strange. But yeah, I got into it. Well, I I did my, my undergraduate and my graduate work in kinesiology. So that definitely started my interest in how the body moves and orthopedics and sports injuries and whatnot. I was never a very athletic. Well, I liked physical activity, but it's not like I played team sports at a really high level or anything like that growing up. I just loved how the body moved, especially, you know, when you're studying it from a science standpoint, I was fascinated by it. Yeah. As soon as I got into medical school, I learned about the specialization of sports medicine. Oh, done. There you go. Perfect. Can't get much better than that. I love it. That's great. I don't even think I know any other sports medicine physicians. So what's the training for that? Do you go to, do you do like a year of internal medicine and then specialize? What do you do? Yeah. So I think it's it's probably a bit different in Canada. So obviously like medical school in Canada is either three or four years, depending on the school you go to. 
And then I did two years of family medicine residency. Mm. We don't have a, a really okay. like a rotating internship year, but yes, yeah, so okay. PGY one and PGY two, so postgraduate year one and two in family practice. And then I did a year of sports medicine fellowship. Most people go through it the kind of the quickest way, right? So family practice would be the <laughs> quickest way to do it. But there are lots of people in sports medicine who do emergency medicine, residency mm-hmm. first, or orthopedics Oof. first. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but most people go the straight and narrow quickest path, which was me. Yes. So smart. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move right into your rapid fire questions. What was your first job? My actual first job was of bussing tables at a tourist attraction in Vancouver, British Columbia. I don't know if you've ever been up to Vancouver. I have. I went to college in Seattle. Oh, did you? Yeah. So one of the biggest tourist attractions is Grouse Mountain with the gondola that goes up. I don't know if you ever went there, Mm -mm. but I was bussing tables there in high school at the top of the mountain. So my commute to work included this gondola ride every single day up and down the mountain. It was fantastic. Did you get paid for the time that you were on the gondola? No, I don't know, but it was still so fun. It was so so worth it. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Wow. That's really neat. Okay. Do you name your cars? Yes. My entire family does. We always have my two cars that I've had most recently. I inherited both of them. I inherited the first one from my grandmother. So her name was Grant. Well, her meaning my car was Grandma McScrappy because she was this (laughs) old Chevy Cavalier. That was my medical school car. You know, we have no money. So it was perfect. So it's Grandma McScrappy. She literally would never die. Uh, She's the best car, you know, base model, no air conditioning, no power locks, but, you know, perfect for the grind in medical school. Mm -hmm. The car I drive now, I inherited from my mom. I call her the Wren. So W-R-N. Oh, cute. Yeah. So that is the Women's Royal Navy Service. So she actually bought this car when her mother passed away. And her mother, my grandmother, was part of the Women's Royal Navy Service. So we call the car the Wren. I love it. Yeah. My husband's car right now is Heidi Vroom. (laughs) (laughs) So all of your cars are women? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Because ours aren't. So my cars are women and my husband's trucks are men. But I think my daughter, who's 15 and isn't yet driving, she loves Phineas and Ferb. So she thinks she's going to name her car Phineas, which is a guy name. Perfect. My 16-year-old is car shopping right now. I was like, honey, if you get that car, because she found one she really liked, what are you going to name it? And she's like, I don't know, mom. I don't think I'm going to name it. And I'm like, wait, what? You cannot not name your car. Fine, I'll name it for you. Do you want it to be a boy or a girl? And she's like, why are you so crazy, mom? They're part of the family too. They need to have a name. Yes. And are you familiar with Phineas and Ferb, the cartoon? Oh, yes. Okay. Well, you know Baljeet, who is one of the characters. Right. My daughter's friend, Ariana, has a Jeep and it's red and it's a really cute Jeep Liberty. And she named it Baljeep. So I'm like dying. So I, I think that's so adorable. My husband and I named our kayaks, right? They're Hedwig oh, and Fox. Yes. Like, you, you know, you have to. I know. Well, we have a bunch of trailers because my husband loves his rolling stock and we have all these different trailers. Well, I've named them all because of course I'm going to name them all. One of them's called <laughs> Nelly because she doesn't have a, um, a crank and um, jack. So every time you try to move her, it's like, whoa, Nelly, because she just wants to roll all over the place. She's really tiny. <laughs> it makes my life fun. You got to do it. Our flatbed trailer is Flat Stanley. <laughs> I'm going to remind her of this. It's the daughter who's too cool to name her car is the one who named Flat Stanley. I was like, oh, oh come on. So perfect. I know. Anyway, okay. What is your love language? 
Oh, words of affirmation, 100%. I am Tinkerbell. I need applause to live. Like, <laughs> if that. you compliment me, and it's funny because my partner, he is not words of affirmation at all. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it's kind of, you know, trying to be like, remember, I really like it when you say nice things. <laughs> I ran a 5K for the first time. This was maybe three, four years ago. And, you know, I came home and I was so excited that I did it. And he's like, good job. Congratulations. That's great. I'm like, I think I'm still on a high from that. I'm like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, he likes me. He really yeah. likes me. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> we did the quiz, you know, like that everyone can do to find out your love language. Oh yeah. And what is his? My husband's is, he's, he's a, a blend, um, but kind of the pretty common, you know, like the touch one and a quality yep. time are okay. his big ones that he likes. But me, it was, I don't think I had any other ones except for words of affirmation. He was like, whoa. <laughs> if your loved ones know that, it's like the easiest one to do, right? Yeah. As long as you can think of doing it, it's like, no, oh, it's not like I have to do your dishes. I just have to tell you you're pretty sweet. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'll get all dressed up. It's not very often. I live in rural Montana. But when I get dressed up and I come out of the bedroom and no one says anything, I'm like, hi, guys, how do I look? Do I look good? I thought I looked pretty good. And they're like, yeah, mom, you look great. Yeah, babe, you look awesome. Thank you. Like, And now I will float on a cloud for the next three years. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, even if I ask for the compliment, the compliment still works for me. It's Absolutely. Like, yeah. <laughs> Okay, if you had to endorse a brand, what brand would it be and why? I am not getting paid by this company. I wish I was, but (laughs) I am obsessed with Peloton. I don't have the bike. I don't have any of the machines or anything like that, but I just have the app and I'm doing the running and the boot camp and I've done some of the yoga classes on my app. We have a treadmill in our house and I will never, ever increase my speed or increase my incline on the treadmill by myself. Cause I'm just like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's hard. Why would I do that when I can do this? I don't, I don't like second wind. <laughs> why? I would just plot along and watch Netflix. And why not? Mm-hmm. And so obviously Peloton makes you do that. And then when I, you know, I've been working with the Peloton, whatever, for the last couple months. And then I did a run outside. And of course I did my best time ever. That's awesome. I come home and I'm like, I did my best time ever. My husband's like, yeah, amazing. How, you know, when you run faster and run up a hill, you get better at things. I'm like, ha ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) But I love it. It's so positive. They have all their theme runs. The music's great. The people are wonderful. The men are beautiful to look at. The women are beautiful to look at. Oh, aren't they eye candy? Yeah. They're just eye candy. And they're so positive and they have great messages and they celebrate wonderful things like pride and black history month. I love it. This is just so positive. It's great. They're so plugged into current culture. Yes. Okay. What is your strangest family tradition? I couldn't remember the TV show where this is from back in the early two thousands on like Friday nights, there was a British TV show and it was about a pop band. It was not S club seven. My family and I used to watch it for some reasons. My mom, my dad, my sibling, and I, I don't know why, because it's nothing like that any of us would really like to watch together. But for some reason, we'd all sit down and watch this British show about a pop group. But they had this one saying, and it wasn't even like a recurrent saying, but one of the characters said, have we got a plan? In their like delightful British accent. And another character said, yeah, we don't get shot. And then the next player said, good plan. (laughs) For some reason, that stuck with my family and it has for what now, like 20 years. So whenever anyone in my family says, oh, good plan, 
some one of us just pipes up and goes, don't get shot. Which, I don't know, maybe not thematic for how the world is right now. I, and people look at us like we're crazy, but that's what we do. It's baked into your family culture and... Baked into our family culture. It's part of our vernacular. My family has all kinds of stuff that we say from TV and movies. And it's just fun. It's just it's yeah. like a little inside family joke. A little inside joke. Yeah. All right. Well, as you know, the point of this podcast is to tell our not so fancy moments so that we feel less alone and we all get a laugh together and we get an example of how sharing these stories builds connection. So what have you got for us today? My story was during my sports medicine fellowship. So my last year of my training before I became a sports medicine full-fledged doctor, I had been very privileged to have worked and shadowed the team doctor for a professional football team here in Canada. So the CFL for about seven years, I'd been able to do this. So I'd known a lot of the, like some of the players for the last seven years, you know, wonderful guys on this team. And this was my last game ever, like kind of the end of my fellowship last time. So kind of just a fun environment. Everyone's kind of joshing around. And I was chatting with uh, one of the offensive linemen. So offensive linemen and big, big dudes. This is this great, lovely, lovely guy, well-known in our community. He's a very cheerful guy about his patellar tendonitis. Again, I've known this guy for seven years and we still keep in touch. Hilarious guy. But so I was chatting with him about his patellar tendonitis, so inflammation of the tendon just below your kneecap. And he's been having some pain there for a while. So I was chatting with him in the locker room before the game. The locker room is, is this massive, massive, almost like a, almost like a stadium in and of itself. You've got like 100 guys around. It's loud. It's chaotic. Everyone's excited and pumped up for the game. So I'm chatting with him about options available to him. One of the main treatment options, especially for an athletic guy in season, would be some type of brace that can be helpful. And there's something called a patellar strap. So it's like an elastic brace that you put just right underneath the kneecap and can help offload the tendon. So I said to him quite loud to try and get my voice heard above the din in the locker room, have you ever tried a strap on? Like, have you ever tried a strap on? And he looks at me and I don't clue it at all. And he looks at me like, Janet, one more, one more time. Sorry, I didn't hear you. Can you say that a little louder? And so I repeat it even louder. Like, have you ever tried a strap on? And he's like, what? And so I start like, so starts to get a little quieter in the, in the the locker room. And I start to hear some laughing. He's like, one more time. And I start saying it again. And I go, oh my God, I just heard it. I just heard it. And they're just, everyone's just dying laughing. All these like big pro football players just killing themselves laughing. And they still, some of the guys to this day who I've kept in touch with every so often send me a little message on social media. Like, do you remember that time when? Yes. Yes, I do. I do remember that time. (laughs) So funny. So funny. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. <laughs> did you turn bright red? Did I, apparently you, you didn't go running out of the room. You just, no, kind of- I mean, I just, as soon as I heard it, I was, I turned, I probably turned bright red because everyone was just laughing and I just burst out laughing. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. It was so funny. Like again, luckily none of these guys, most of them weren't, weren't strangers and stuff but uh, yeah well obviously it's a, a fun humored bunch yeah absolutely and you kind of gotta be I you gotta it. let it roll off the cuff but now it's like 
my fun story that I love to tell people because it's just, oh my God. And I just did not even clue in. That was the best part. Yes. And the fact that he got you to say it three times. Oh. <laughs> those, that's skills. Those are skills. I know, right? right? I didn't even hear it because I was just so committed to helping him with this issue. Like we're focusing on this very serious Come thing. Come on. The game's about to start. I need to know about this. <laughs> Let's strap you up and move along with our day. Oh, it's funny because we start, we have like our, our own language in medicine, right? And you start to yeah, just, yeah. things just, you don't realize how funny sometimes things can sound to people who don't hear it every single day. Totally. I'm like, yeah, like, yeah. why why can't you hear me? Like, put a strap on it. Like, come on. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and now I need to know, had he ever tried to strap on? What was his answer? <laughs> I don't even think I, I don't even remember. I think we were just dying. We were laughing too hard. <laughs> and the conversation's over. <laughs> the conversation's over. Yeah. Well, he was just going to have to power through then without his patellar tendon strap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, they, we won the game. I do remember that much. Was oh, but that was my a... other thing I was thinking about while you were telling the story. Cause I was like, you know, if everybody has a fit of laughter right before the game, is this a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. <laughs> I think it was a good thing. Everyone in a yeah. good mood, ready to go. Pressure's off. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Alrighty. It is time for a listener story. And then we'll be right back with Janet. Hi there. My name is Melissa Lorena. I am the hostess behind an interview with Melissa Lorena, the podcast where I interview guests who are obsessed about their careers and lives. We're talking big guys such as Gary V, Diane Bella Sundance Award recipient, and others. So here's the really funny, embarrassing story. In high school, it was between classes. I went to Catholic school, which means that I wore a skirt. And at the time, I had lost quite a bit of weight. So I decided to just roll up my skirt and I neglected to use the buttons. So I moved from class A to class B and in the middle of the hallway with all the students looking around, my skirt fell. So that was incredibly embarrassing. And I will say that it was a testament to my character because the next day, rather than put on pants or slacks, which was an option for Catholic school, I opted to stand really tall and really proudly with a skirt. And I also started a rumor that someone else actually dropped their skirt. And I started talking to people about that certain individual who was not me, of course. So that's my funny story. Thank you for this moment and opportunity to use it to process all those emotions in high school. So you are not alone. We all have humiliating moments. Oh my gosh, Melissa, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Your skirt falling down between classes in the crowded high school hallway. Oh, that must have been so embarrassing. But I'm so proud of you. You rocked the skirt the next day. Not too sure about the rumor you made up. Can't say I blame you. Might have done something like that myself. But (laughs) yes, you're right. Those kinds of things happen to all of us. It reminds me of the time in middle school when my pants split. And I asked to go to the nurse and I told the nurse, I I need different pants or do you have a sewing kit or something? Because I'm not going back to class like this. And she was like, oh, you're fine. I can't. She just could not understand why I didn't want to go back to class with split pants. And I couldn't understand why she couldn't understand. It was it was completely baffling to me to this day, actually. Oh, I hope that I would be a little more sympathetic if a student came to me with a similar dilemma. But I do have a couple questions for you. 
So do you remember what happened after your skirt fell? Did it fall all the way to the ground? Please tell me you had something on under the skirt, hopefully maybe a slip or tights or something over your underwear. I don't know. I'm trying to picture the scene, but then it's also kind of painful to picture it because I oh, I just can't imagine how you must have felt. Melissa, thank you so much for sending in that story. Okay, listeners, be inspired by Melissa. Send me a not-so-fancy moment, and you just might be in the next episode. What have you been loving lately that you think the listeners might love too? Yeah, so I just finished reading uh, a book called Lost Connections by Johan Hari. I don't know if you've read it or heard of him before. Mm-hmm. He had a, he's done a couple TED Talks. He's also written a book, and I'm blanking on the name now, about decriminalizing all drugs and how interesting that can be and, and whatnot. But this book, I found it really interesting because it's all about new ways of thinking about depression and anxiety, like what really causes depression, anxiety, and how can we solve them? The one critique I would have is that he's he's a little, uh, I shouldn't put words in his mouth, but a little kind of anti-medication because he himself was on medication for depression and didn't find it helpful, found it detrimental. And I think definitely there obviously are people who benefit from medications for depression. But he goes into a lot of things that we may be missing, especially in kind of our modern era, like meaningful connections to other humans, like neighborliness, connections to nature, connections to meaningful work, stuff like that. Yes, how fascinating. It's fascinating. He's done a lot of really interesting research and interviewed a lot of interesting people. It was a a lovely read that I actually, I don't buy many books because I want to, you know, support our like library and whatnot. I actually bought the book because I wanted to scribble in it. I wanted to write notes. Nice. I wanted to highlight. And I've read it a ton of times. And I get something new out of it every single time I read it. Wow. And it just makes me so motivated to like get out and go hiking and go get into nature and connect with other people. Oh, that's, that's awesome. I'm definitely going to read that. Thank you. It's a great, great book. Awesome. Okay. What have your favorite podcasts been lately? I love the Armchair Expert podcast, Dax Shepard's podcast. I think it's, a, it's such oh. a popular one these days. I don't know if you ever listened to him. I haven't, um, but I'm a podcast junkie, so I'm going to have to try it out. Yeah, so he's a really interesting guy. He's married to Kristen Bell. Like that's how most people know him. He was in on the show Parenthood. But he and his co-host Monica interview a ton of different people. They started with mainly celebrities. And then they started doing a kind of offshoot of armchair expert called experts on experts, where they would bring in like PhDs, they'd bring in like the medical officer for health, they had Sanjay Gupta, Malcolm Gladwell on. And they talked to these people and they talked to celebrities as well, too, not so much like, tell us about your newest movie. It's more about tell us about the relationship you had with your father, <laughs> you know, because Dak Shepard himself, he's a really interesting guy. He was an addict and has been sober for, I think, 20 years now. So has a lot of really interesting takes on life in the world. And his co-host is just a lovely person and has really interesting takes on everything as well. But it's interesting to hear celebrities talk about their struggles with mental health, with their upbringings. It's it's a really interesting podcast. I really enjoy it. Oh, I'm mean, definitely going to check that out. Okay, tell me about Office Ladies podcast. Oh my gosh. Well, that was just great. So it's the, it's the show The Office, obviously, and it's 
Angela Kinsey, who played Angela in the show The Office, the American version of The Office, and Jenna Fisher, who played Pam, the receptionist. And they're doing a rewatch of the show and then talking about what it was like being on the show. And they interview other cast members, the crew, and kind of behind the scenes times of the show. And every week they release a new episode and you kind of can watch the episode of The Office before the episode of the podcast gets released. And it's so fun. The Office to me is that show that I could watch. I will never get sick of it. If I'm ever feeling sad or I need something to laugh about, something to feel happy, The Office, 100%. Mm -hmm. And so it's neat neat to hear them chat because they're best friends in real life and they met on the show. So it's just, it's really, it's again, a lovely podcast. I look forward to it. And, you know, today's Wednesday, so there's a new episode. I get to listen to it on my commute home. So I'm so excited. Oh, boy. (laughs) So you do, you try to watch the episode they're going to talk about? Before it, or it's like you. I, it so I don't. I've seen. Yeah, I've seen it so many yeah. times, but every so often, like if it's an episode that I loved, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna rewatch that episode because they they do things like, oh, okay, at 19 minutes, 10 seconds. Take a look at the post-it note that's behind so and so's back. There's a oh, little like fun. drawing that you know, little Easter egg or whatever that they can uh-huh. that they talk oh. about. So that's really neat to see. Oh, or you're, so or fun. it's like, oh, at this moment you see, you know, Steve Carell almost about to laugh. Like he's about to laugh here. so yeah I love it it's very happy and fun oh my how am I see I need to live for 300 years because there's so many books I want to read and there's so many podcasts I want to listen to and I don't even get what I need to get done done as it is and it's like (laughs) how how is this happening to me but yeah okay so I need I have to listen to both of those and I recently discovered Malcolm Gladwell's podcast which I'm loving history so good fellow Canadian he's just a great and his have you read his books Oh, yeah. I've read Outliers. Oh. That's, that's the only one. But he fascinates me. I love sociological and psychological issues. I love hearing people's sort of unique perspectives. And Oh, he's just he's just the, the best. I love him. Yeah, you'll definitely have to listen to the Armchair Expert uh, episodes when they have Malcolm Gladwell on there. Because Dak Shepard just basically worships Malcolm Gladwell, as we all do. I mean, he's so fascinating. I think they've had him on a couple times. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Yay. Okay, I'm a coincidence junkie too. Do you have a crazy coincidence for me? Like it's not too crazy. It's just more of how Canada's landmass is massive, but its population is extremely small. We all know each other, <laughs> I feel like. So, like I said, I, I grew up on the west coast of Canada. I now live in the eastern part of Canada. So about like mm-hmm. a four to five hour plane ride away. So very, very far away from me where I grew up. And I moved from a larger city in Ontario to now a very small, small city where I practice now. And I, when I was moving up to the small town, I get this text message from a guy I went to high school with out west who I hadn't spoken to in like 20 years. Uh, maybe not quite that long, but a long time. And he goes, why is your picture in my girlfriend's doctor's office? I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean? So. My picture was posted in my new clinic in this tiny town in Ontario, Canada, introducing this new doctors coming to work here. I'm like, what do you mean? What are you doing in Aurelia in this tiny town? Like, you're from out west. He's like, no, no, my girlfriend is from that tiny town and we're visiting there right now. Like, just the most random coincidence. And he happened to notice your picture on the wall. That's crazy. God's name. Happy to notice my picture. It was just crazy. Like, how in the world did you meet this person from this tiny town? You live out. We went to 
elementary school, almost preschool together. I've known him for ages. So it's been so fun because now we've reconnected because every so often he still lives out West. They come out to visit her family in this tiny little town and we reconnect every time. Canada is extremely small. Wow. That I love it. Oh my gosh. I love, love, love stuff like that. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I remember being in medical school and I was in my surgical rotation. So surgery is not something I was ever really interested in in medical school. So it was a tough rotation for me. And I was on the, with the trauma team and we had a like horrible trauma that came in, you know, young person. It was in the middle of the night, not a good outcome. And, you know, you just feel like garbage after something like that. And again, you're in medical school. So all of this is new, but you're also trying to kind of prove yourself, right? Yeah. And you're exhausted. You're exhausted. It's four in the morning. And the trauma surgeon I was working with is this like well-known, well-respected. You want to make a good impression on this guy. Lovely man, but a bit intimidating. And I remember walking out of the OR after everything was all said and done and going into the women's locker room. And two of the OR nurses were in there just sobbing, like just so upset. And I got really upset just seeing them. And so I left and went into the doctor's lounge and walked in and the surgeon was sitting there kind of grabbing a cup of coffee. And I was like trying to pull myself together, pull myself together. I just remember him turning to look at me again, like that, this older, like wizened guy. I just, I can hear his voice in my head now, just looking at me and pointing at me and going, no, I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, no, he's like, never try and shut off that emotion. As soon as you stop feeling the sadness that's when you quit medicine. <gasps> that just gave me goosebumps all over yeah. my body. Like wow. I can hear it. Like he, like, and I was, that has stayed with me for so long because he's been practicing for ages and kind of comes from that old school surgeon. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a surprising advice to come from him. Absolutely. And you know, as soon as you stop feeling the feels that you need to feel with another human being is going through something like this and you're involved in it, then that's when you, he's like, that's when you quit. He's like, that's when I'll quit if I ever stop feeling that. Wow. Wow. That's just so illustrative of the heavy burden that doctors have, you know. Absolutely. You have to, if if you have to stay emotionally connected to it, then it's, you're, you're signing up for something that's completely emotionally exhausting. (laughs) But you know, it's, it's, it's also so rewarding. Absolutely. And I think there's, like, I I totally agree with him, you know, but I think there's, we also do have to be protective of our emotions because that's what leads to burnout is if you just let it completely overwhelm you. I mean, you can't put, you can't be so guarded that you just don't feel for people and empathize and sympathize, but you need to have a bit of a protective barrier. If you don't, you'll burn out and then you can't, then you know how to anybody. Right. Exactly. You have to not completely shut it off, but maybe limit, limit it to, okay, I'm going to take a few, I'm going to feel this and then I'm going to take a few deep breaths and then I'm going to collect myself and move on. That takes a lot of self-discipline. Yeah. And I think also not feeling shame for feeling the emotions that come with being a human, right? You know, like, yeah, I think his, his more, his no, I think was more, don't hide that you're feeling, mm-hmm, like, don't mm-hmm. come in here thinking, oh no, I have to like collect myself and be this, like, look at how how well I did handling that horrificness. He's like, no, Mm -hmm. feel the emotions that you're feeling. Don't ignore them, you know, acknowledge them. That's so good. I remember when I was in my OB rotation, I loved it. And I'm kind of a crier. So it's surprising to me that I, I think this is the only time I ever cried in 
Well, no, there was one other time. <laughs> but they were both had to do with OB, actually. The, the first time was I saw a baby be born at like 22 and a half or 23 weeks gestation. And at that time, that gestational age was not compatible with life. But the baby looked like a baby, you know, it was just like perfectly mm-hmm. formed. And she took a few what looked like gulping breaths and then she didn't breathe anymore and she was gone. And of course, they had warned the mother of you know, this outcome. And it wasn't like nobody was expecting this. It's just because she'd gone into labor. It was too early. Everybody knew there was no way to keep her pregnant. And I wasn't expecting to feel so strongly when I saw that baby pass. And I went out into the hall Mm -hmm. and there were two senior residents with me and I was just a medical student. And I did what you kind of did. I was like, okay, Joanne, just you know, put the tough face on. And, and But I, they could tell that I was struggling and my eyes were kind of starting to water. And they were like, Joanne, you know it's okay to be sad about that, right? It's okay to stand here and cry for a minute. That was really awful. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you. It's like they just gave me permission to k- keep being me. Just, oh, yeah. Permission to feel that. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. They didn't say like, okay, let's that's it. Let's let's go, you know, give up on life. I mean, it was very quick. We stood there, we sort of all acknowledged to each other how devastating that was, how bad we felt, and then we were like, okay, what's next? It was just a really beautiful example of how to handle things. And there were a lot of really awful examples of how not to handle things too. Don't get wrong. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure you had them too. Yeah. Of course. But I think we definitely remember those moments when you have the opportunity or somebody gives you the opportunity to have that debrief. Yes. And I think that's unfortunately a newer part of medicine. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of, especially like doctors who came before us, you know, there was kind of that culture of pride and push through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember my training after say a bad code or something like that. The doctor would say, okay, everyone, we're going to debrief that. Mm -hmm. And everyone can share what went well, what didn't well, how they're feeling. And I think that's so important. It is not only for emotional well-being, but for medical growth, because we have to look hard at things that went right and things that went wrong and learn from them, not to be ashamed or to wallow in, but just to say, okay, we've tucked that in our pocket, learn from it and do better next time, you know, or, or not. I mean, Mm -hmm. or acknowledging the fact that we did everything by the book and this person still died because everyone dies. Yeah. So hard. Well, tell my listeners where they can find you online if, if there is any place. I guess the only place really to find me publicly is my Instagram. It's not the most exciting Instagram on the <laughs> planet. I take a lot of I take a lot of pictures of the beautiful place in Canada where I live. My Instagram is my first name, so Janet underscore MCM. Awesome. Okay, and I'll post that in the show notes. Oh, it has been so much fun to talk to you today. I always love connecting with another physician, and I absolutely had a blast talking to you. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It was really fun. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. Awesome. Oh, absolutely. It was great. Thank you so much for listening to the Fancy Free Podcast today. Wasn't Janet awesome? I love talking to other physicians. I loved her story. I thought it was so adorable. Also, I wanted to let you know that since we recorded this, I have started listening to Office Ladies and Armchair Expert, and I love them both. I also was curious when Janet was talking about how small Canada is. I looked up the population of Canada, and at least from the statistics that I found, the entire population of Canada 
is slightly less than the population of the state of California. So I thought that was really interesting. Make sure that you check out the show notes for today's episode at fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode 77 so that you can get all the links we talked about today. Next week on the show, we have Kat Z. Carr. She is another physician and she is an amazing storyteller. She had me dying. She has one really great story that happened to her during residency and then another one that happened to her as an attending physician. Remember to subscribe to the show so that new episodes pop into your feed each week. And if you have a story to tell, like Melissa, then you can either send the audio file to me at notfancy at fancyfreepodcast.com, or you can go to fancyfreepodcast.com and click the big red button and just record a voice memo right there, and that'll get sent to me via email as well. And if you want more connection, laughter, and sharing, join us in the Fancy Free Facebook group. It's our private little slice of the internet. We ask a question each week, and then we discuss the question of the week this week is, have you ever said anything innocently and then realized that it could be taken as blatantly sexual? I have an example. I will let you know on Facebook. (laughs) I'd love it if you'd follow the Fancy Free podcast on Instagram and tell a couple of friends about the show. Have a wonderful week. And remember, no one is as fancy as they look.